Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin, and my guest today is the creator of The Glow Code, and she's also a lawyer in the state of Pennsylvania, Ms. Nikki Page. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. First of all, congratulations on creating The um, Glow Code. I, I stumbled upon it on um, Instagram, and this looks like an interesting concept. Yeah, I think so. Like, um, I remember when you stumbled upon it, because, you know, it's it's mainly for, like, women. And then I saw, like, a little male pop up. I'm like, oh, okay, welcome. Welcome to the room. Um, <laughs> so I appreciate you for bringing some male energy into the room. But, yeah, it's just, a, you know, I my hope is for it to be kind of established as the online destination for around-the-way girls who are unashamed of the gospel. How did you end up starting? What inspired you to start the Glow Code? Child, okay. So we doing that. That's what we doing. We going back. We are gonna have that story. All right. So I was all in the midst of a heartbreak. It was painful. I was crying and crying for days and locking myself in bathrooms at work so I could cry without people seeing me crying. It was a. It was tragedy. I was in distress. And this is like two, three years ago. Um, and then one day I was just like laying in bed crying and I think God had got tired of me feeling sorry for myself over somebody who wasn't even worth the first tier, not alone the millionth. Um, and he was just like, girl, because God talks to me like a gangster. Um, you just like enough of these tears, like you just need to glow. Okay. Gratitude, love, optimism, and wisdom. Like enough already with the crying. Just get to glowing. And so that Wait, was kind of like again. My... Say the glow part again. What's the glow again? Gratitude, love, optimism, and wisdom. Okay. So that was my inspiration. Why do you feel it's important to have this platform? Um, I think it's important because I definitely think that there need to be spaces um, for women, spaces um, for Black women. Now, it's a faith-focused kind of space, so obviously all women are welcome, but I'm a Black woman. Most of the women in my life are Black women, so Black women will always be centered at the Glow Code, but everybody's welcome. Um, and I definitely think in the world that we live in, it's time for Bible-believing women to stand up and be bold about what they believe, to really put into action and live what we say we believe, um, because everybody else is bold about whatever it is they want to do, and whatever it is they're doing, and their feelings, and so why should people who believe be subdued or be kind of like um, diminished in expressing what we believe. And I think I was just missing a space for women who are like kind of both women who can kick it at the block party and at Bible study. I wanted a space for women like me. I'm not like, oh, I'm going to church seven nights a week and I only listen to gospel and I wear a skirt down to my ankle and I don't go nowhere outside the house. That's not me. Now, I will rock. I love a maxi. I'm all here for a long skirt, but I'm trying to be cute. I'm trying to get my hair done. I go to brunch. You know, I want to do a little two-step now and then, but I have, I know my boundaries. I know what's too far for me. And so I wanted a space for women like me, women who are still relatively young, who are still living life, who are creative, who are professional, um, but are Bible-believing women. And I didn't really see too many spaces like that so I'm like, if I don't see it, that means I'm supposed to create it. So let, let's, let's talk about the um, Bible believer part. Um, for the women who, let's say women who don't read the Bible, don't 
or not, we would say believers. I'm assuming they really wouldn't fit in your space or? I mean, if you not gonna fit in, if you not a believer, like in the sense of, I don't believe and I wanna come here and cause confusion for people who do, no, you're not gonna fit in. <laughs> but if you are like, you know, I just, I didn't grow up in a space that taught the Bible and I just, I wanna learn more. I feel something calling out to me, but I don't, I don't feel necessarily like walking up to the altar at church. I'm not there yet, but I do wanna learn more. I wanna be surrounded by other women um, who can kind of maybe facilitate and foster that relationship between you and your creator, then yeah, come on in. But if you come in to try to be contentious and cause confusion and sow discord, this ain't the place for you. But if you're coming because you want to learn and you want to grow and you feel like um, you, you want to delve into faith and you want to understand more, then yeah, come on. What was the most difficult thing about creating the Go Code? Um, for me, I think is it was difficult and me um, really embracing kind of like the mission or the call, like, cause I take it seriously. Like if you're out here, you, you're talking about faith and you're talking about the Bible, like I don't wanna ever be out here telling somebody something wrong. I don't ever wanna be out here saying something that's from me and that originates with me. I don't ever want to be hypocritical. And so when you, in my opinion, there's some people that's out here doing whatever, but in my opinion, if you are going to operate in the faith space, if you're going to set yourself up and say, I'm here um, to speak truth. And by truth, I mean the Bible. I feel like I have to be at a certain standard and I have to hold myself to that standard. And so I kind of shied away. I don't, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want, that's a lot of responsibility. I don't want that. And then, you know, when you out here trying to say you're doing something for God, people like to come and buck up on you, test you. Like, and I don't, uh, that's not, I don't play those reindeer games. I don't want to do that either. So for me, the most difficult part was really just coming to the point of surrendering to embrace what God told me to do. Let's, let's back up a little bit. What do you mean? Like you, you're saying people try you more because you believe it? Is that what you're saying? People want it like if you out here living reckless, just doing any old thing, you can do any old thing and nobody cares. You get 5,352 chances to mess up. But if you say I'm here and I'm standing here as an ambassador of the kingdom or as a citizen of the kingdom and I'm, I'm really trying to live a certain way and express um, to other people the way, then it's like, as soon as you make one mistake, it's like, oh, look what she did. Or, um, well, you said such and such and such, but in Colossians verse five, subsection two foot, footnote four, <laughs> it's, it's like, you get a lot of that. I mean, I personally haven't gotten that yet, but I have seen other people operating in the faith space kind of have to deal with that. Like the challenges of like, you know, your interpretation, my interpretation. And, and I just, Headaches are something Nikki don't do. I have a whole Nikki don't do list and headaches are in the top five of the Nikki don't do. So <laughs> I don't want no headaches. And so I just kind of was like, God, do you really want me to be out here in these internet streets talking about this? And he was like, yeah. And I'm not going to do some of the things that I promised to do for you until you do what I told you to do. So here we are in 2020, even though I had had my little encounter, maybe in 2016. 
let's talk about dating as a um I'm a, you identify as a Christian, right? Well, see, here's the thing. If by Christian you mean a person who believes in Christ and that he came, lived, died, rose again, yes. But I don't celebrate Christmas. Um, I don't eat pork. I um, I understand the Bible through the cultural and historical perspective of the Hebrew people and the Hebrew language. So. I feel like Christian, that word has been so abused and misused and it's associated with so many things that are anti-biblical at this point that it, it kind of like, I don't want to say it bothers me. Like, I'm not going to be like, ooh, you said the word Christian. But I think when you say Christian, so many other things symbolically or it, in the imagery come to mind that I don't personally want to be associated with. So okay. if by Christian, you mean, do you believe that Jesus came, that he lived, that he died, that he was the son of God, that he rose on the third day and all that? Yes. Okay. But but, keeper and all of that. Which, so, okay. Cause I, I don't want to get, I, that's a rabbit hole. I don't want to go down. So, <laughs> so, but my main, the reason I asked that question is because, you know, when you're dating as a, as a, let's say a church girl, can we say that? Okay. That's why I just say Bible believing woman. All right. Bible believing woman, church girl. Yeah. There's going to be different expectations for a woman who's, you know, believer in the church. So does that create difficulties in dating? who's dating at this point i it's been a drought okay now i done said since 2016 i had one little stint in 2018 and that was a epic fail too but i mean i think definitely there are standards if you are a bible believing woman there are standards in dating but i don't necessarily think that they have to be obstacles um if you're dating the right person a person who hopefully is on the same page with you and hopefully is a bible believing man then he shouldn't be, you know, making any expectations that are not in line with the Bible himself. So it really shouldn't be that difficult from that perspective. But sometimes it is hard as a person who has been disobedient in the past that you'll be like, oh, dang, I wish I could just, but, you know, that's all about self-control and just understanding that hopefully in the end, because of my obedience, there will be a payoff because I've been disobedient, doing all kinds of stuff, and that didn't really work. So I can try it the right way and see what happens. What's the waiting. right what's the right way? The right way is not engaging in any sort of sexual activity with a person who is not my husband. Oh. Now why are you saying like that? Uh. <laughs> and see, that's why I said is Are you a Christian? Make... No. What you what you, what you be? Um, I believe in God, but I wouldn't call myself a Christian. Okay. Same thing you just said, kind of like, there's a lot that comes with the term Christian, so. Okay. But again, that's a rabbit hole. That's that... a rabbit hole we're not going into. <laughs> but I mean, you all in my business. I just want to No, go. because they, uh, okay, so here's the thing. Number one, I'm sure my mother going to listen to this podcast and say, well, I mean, what do you mean you're not a Christian? So. Mm. Yeah, I had that whole, I went through that with my mom too. So that's gotta, that's gotta be a discussion. If she wants to have, then I'll have it. I your don't mom want... listens to your podcast, everyone? 
Yeah, she she listens to most of them. Um, that is so sweet. Yeah, she does. She listens to it, and 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 I'm sure the way God works, she'll definitely listen to this one. <laughs> so, so I mean, you know that that's a um. <laughs> so all right, real quick. So you, you, I had a mother, you know, that's like, you know, you need to go to church every Sunday. You should do this. You should do that. And as I've gotten a little older. My views have changed about going to church and things like that. So that's why I said that's a long conversation that if she wants to have it, I would have to have it one-on-one. One-on-one. I don't really, two things I don't really touch on my podcast is religion and politics. I try, okay. I try my best to lead those two out of the conversation. But when a person that I'm talking to is you know pretty religious then we go there but uh, but that's the thing but see when we started talking about the premarital sex thing that's i think any adult would say that's gonna be difficult correct i mean yeah it can be difficult but it's like it's been a while i'm fine like the sun didn't stop coming up in the morning no <laughs> mountains crumble like i'm good and you know, in my last situation, because I was being obedient and there was none of that going on, even though I was hurt when it ended, it wasn't like it was, it, I didn't feel like he got me. You know what I mean? Like it's over and I'm hurt, but like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't give you nothing. I can't get back. So deuces, nice life. Wish you the best. So, so what you saying, if, if sex was involved, you would have been even more hurt? like yeah i would have felt taken i would have felt taken advantage of i would have felt like i i gave you something precious that you took advantage of i would have felt and then a lot of times people don't want to you you feel stupid like damn like what did i get out of that i think that's the (laughs) i think that's the church way of looking at it you know what james Nancy. I'm serious. I now listen. Well, I, what's your what's your not church way of looking at it? Um, sex can happen, and let, let's say sex does happen. Um, you, you have a relationship for a couple of years, and things don't work out. Do you feel like he took advantage of you because y'all had sex? That was just what two consenting adults wanted to do. Yeah, I'm not here for spending a couple of years with somebody and it don't work out. Like, why am I wasting a couple of years with somebody for it just to not work out? Because it happens. Hopefully, God willing, it won't be happening to me. No more. <laughs> I'm not just saying. Say, I mean, I, I just, this on the I no just more because sure it has happened. It happens. I mean, is this... Man, I don't want. I I, I want to stay on this topic, but I don't want to go too far to it. But we'll just stay here. For Let's it. just go with the flow. I feel okay. like this is a good conversation. Okay, fair enough. So, is this something that you address early in the courting stage, or? Well, like you mean? Do I meet somebody and be like, "Hi, my name is Nikki. I will not be having sex with you until we're married." No, like, no, 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 no. No, I'm not doing that. No, no. Listen, but... that's it. You definitely, that's just crazy. And you ran them off before. <laughs> I mean, because there, because there could be like, okay, 
it could be like a like you you, you know y'all went on a couple dates it's been a month it's been a couple months and then does it does this conversation like hey um i'm going to wait until marriage to have sex well i would hope that this person would understand pretty early on who i am and where i'm coming from and that my faith is important to me so i'm hoping that they not slow and that they can kind of pick up on that kind of rather quickly on their own um don't people look at other people's instagrams and stuff and do their googles you should be able to figure out that my faith is important to me um but yeah i'm not i'm not gonna hide it but i'm not gonna like put it on a billboard the first time I meet you. And but hopefully you, the person that I'm dating- Your faith is important doesn't mean that you're not open for premarital sex. See, I would disagree. Really? And see, where you get that from? If your faith is important to you, faith, obedience is intertwined with faith. You cannot have one without the other. You cannot say I'm a person of faith, but I don't follow none of the rules of the faith. That's that's a- <laughs> That's a lie. And that's the, that's the stuff that's been going on in quote unquote Christianity that's messed up that I don't want to be associated with. If you're going to say I am a person of faith, then you have to at least be, not to say that people don't mess up, not to say that I won't at some point mess up, but I'll be willing to admit that that was a mess up and I'll have to repent for that. But you can't say I'm a person of faith, but I do what I want to do. Those two things are not, those conflict. So, so if you mess up, then that means, so, okay, you, you, when you say mess up, that means you had sex with the guy, right? Yeah, if I have sex with him, that would be sinful. That's out of order. That's against the rules. So do you stop? You should stop. You don't well, just see, then keep that's sinning because you messed issue. up. That's going to create another issue, correct? That's why, hopefully, you just don't do it in the beginning, see? <laughs> I'm just saying, once you open Pandora's box, you're going to have to keep repenting. No, once you open Pandora's box, you have to go, you have to apologize, you have to have a sincere and a contrite heart, you have to feel bad. Like, if I messed up, I would feel bad about it. I would feel guilty. Okay. Um, and I would have to go to God, ask for forgiveness, and repent means that you turn and you completely walk away from what you did. It don't mean I'm gonna come and repent every Thursday because every Wednesday I'm going over there to open Pandora's box. That's not repentance, that's playing games. Um, but should you, you know, fall off the wagon, so to speak, and mess up, you, yeah, you can repent, you can say, you, you can apologize and really uh, feel convicted and hopefully the Holy Spirit can help you stay strong. But hopefully the person that I'm dating will be on the same page with me. Hopefully the person that I'm dating, it's just as important for him to maintain his purity. It's just as important for him to not be engaging in sex outside of marriage either. And I know you probably in your mind like, girl, bye. But <laughs> there are men out there who are like that. Now they may be few and far between. I know it's not the cool thing. I know it's not what's in all of the rap songs, but there are men out there like that. In fact, my last relationship what he was like that, but we just didn't work out. No, no, no. Okay, <laughs> let's be clear. Um, I think it's an age thing too. Like you know, as you get older, like it's it's weird because you know when you're younger, of course you you know you you're probably gonna be a little more sexually active as you're younger. But then as you get older, 
you start to settle. This is for men, mostly men. You know, you're going to slow down a little bit. You start getting into your 30s and 40s. Not to the point you're not doing it anymore. Just you, you're not what you was in your early 20s. I see what you're saying. So that's why I was saying. So really, it's kind of like you would kind of have to have a very specific man in for you. Yeah. Which would make it pretty tough, right? Listen, my God can do all things, okay? He been making men forever. I'm pretty sure he can make me one that wants to be righteous, like me. Now, I ain't seen him yet, to be honest. <laughs> okay? Now, not one that wanted to be with me. I'm sure they're out there, but I ain't found my person yet. But I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. Okay, I'm glowing. I'm I'm grateful for it, even though I don't have it yet. That's tough. I mean, listen, I'm. That's tough. You're doubting me. No, we can. Okay, because we talked about faith. So this is your spiritual walk. So yes. no matter what I say, I shouldn't say anything that's going to make you question your faith. No, you're not making me question it. But I feel like you're looking at me like I'm crazy. Like this girl ain't never. No, 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 no not not crazy, not crazy. Because I mean, everybody has an idea of what they want, and if this is what you want, then you should stand firm on what you want. This is what is required. Okay, required. Say so okay, say required. This is like what's required. What I say these things, I feel like people are going to hear them and they're going to be like, I sound crazy. But in real life, people are out here actually doing stuff that is crazy. Like having kids by seven different women. That, that, that's normal. That's, that's crazy. I work, yeah, in, the, I work in family <laughs> court. I go to work and I see the just utter disorder and chaos. Just people having unprotected sex with every and anybody coming into court. How do you have 10 kids, five felonies, and zero jobs? How does that work? Yeah, that's... But that's normal. Nobody looks at that crazy. That's just another Tuesday. But no, me, whoa, whoa, man, hold on, hold on. Wait, I don't want to have wait, sex stop. outside hold of marriage. It's like too far. Hold on, let's, 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 let's slow down a little bit. Because most normal people would think that's crazy. So let's back up a little bit. They think it's crazy, but I feel like that is more accepted in society than what I'm saying. I don't, I don't think that it's not accepted. I just think a lot of people know how difficult that is, and they don't want to take that task on. I feel like it's probably less difficult than having kids by seven different men. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you can, you can prevent that. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> you could practice safe sex and prevent that. And you know what the safest is? Oh, yeah, of course. That's the safest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the that's a different S word from satisfying. Yeah. It's safe and then it's satisfying. All right, Lance. That's a safe, that's the safe one. So yeah, I get it. I mean, again, this is your journey and you, yeah. you you feel confident that it's gonna happen so i do but you said and you said the guy that you was with he he was you two were in line were aligned in that aspect yeah, right he was like 
hardcore on it. We just didn't work out. Damn. I know, right? You may want to call him back. <laughs> That's what we not going to do. <laughs> I mean, you try to be funny. Nah, look, you find a you find a diamond in the rough like that. I don't know. Well, you got kind of. I mean, you gonna need a, a diamond is about cut, clarity, color, contour. It ain't just one thing. So you being on page with me on that is one thing, but that it's a couple other qualifications in there too. That's fair. That's fair. That's yeah. I guess because probably just me being a man thinking about it that's probably yeah. get your mind right i mean look i'm married so my mind good <laughs> i'm free to think whatever <laughs> look i'm we're gonna well, we lucky gonna... you lucky you no i mean that but i mean that kind of like everything comes with a set of challenges so you know that's true you know that everything requires work. Marriage requires work. Dating requires work. So, you know. Yeah. Let's talk about your career because I, in in my intro, I mentioned that you're a lawyer in Pennsylvania. How long have you been practicing law? Um, I was admitted to the bar in New York first. Um, in two thousand and. I graduated law school in two thousand six. I got admitted to the bar in two thousand seven. Hmm. Okay. What was it? What What was that? When did? At what age did you know that you were going to be a lawyer, or that you that you zoned in and say, you know what, this is the career I'm going to pursue? Um, had to be about twenty two, twenty three. Oh, it's pretty late. What, what age do people usually determine that they're going to be a lawyer? Mm, well, listen, for okay, let me back up. I don't know too many lawyers, number one. <laughs> so when you, I would think maybe about 16, 17. No. Well, okay, so just so you don't think I'm crazy. So let me tell you my ration, my my reasoning for thinking that. Because you have, you you know the amount of school that it's going to take to become a lawyer. So if you if you go into most people when they unless you most people start off going to college and it's like okay their their thought process is four years and you know you get your four-year degree and you're out of there whereas you know if you're going into a field like lawyer or doctor or something like, like that you already know four years not gonna cut it right so that's why i said i was a little surprised that he said 22. You know, I like I always knew I was going to college from when I was like in kindergarten. I knew I was going to college. Damn. Um, huh? Damn, in kindergarten? Yeah. That's how your parents were educated? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Yeah. Like I was like visiting college campuses like in first grade. Like wow. Just to expose me to like what campus life is like. You know, my my mom is a college graduate. She went to an HBCU. So I just grew up in a family where like college, it wasn't like a, are you going to college? It was always, where are you going to college? Oh, okay. Okay. Um, but then for law school, I actually, I didn't know that I wanted to be a lawyer, that I was going to go to law school. It wasn't until I graduated and then I was working. And then I realized if I was going to want to like progress in any kind of career, a bachelor's wasn't really going to get it. I had, I would have to get some type of advanced degree. 
I knew I wasn't going to medical school. Like I knew that was not my lane at all. Um, and so it was, it was kind of like, well, what else is there? Okay, law school. So it was kind of like, a, it wasn't like a my whole life I dreamed about being a lawyer. It was like, okay, I graduated. I'm working now. I'm working at a law firm. Uh, I'll just go to law school. Oh, you were law, you were working at a law firm. Yeah, I was a legal assistant, like um, at a firm on Wall Street, doing um, basically distressed debt trading. So, like working with the banks back then, before the crash, it was like Lehman Brothers, Bear Stearns, um, Merrill Lynch. Basically, doing I was like a, a trade closer, but I did like the legal kind of side of closing trades. Okay. So that so that pretty much is, so that's what inspired you to take the lawyer out. Yeah. Was there ever any time that you doubted that you would complete the task? Um, not really. I didn't do as I, I didn't do well on my civil procedure exam, which was like one of the first first semester exams. So that was discouraging. Um, but I never felt like I wasn't going to complete it. It was just like, oh, this is difficult which was different for me because I school had never been difficult for me. I was always straight A student, perfect attendance, you know, not valedictorian, but like whatever is next in line after that. Like that was me. I was a very good student. So getting to law school and kind of having that time where I was like struggling with something was very uncomfortable. It was very humbling, um, but I never felt like I was going to quit. Oh, okay. Okay. Where'd you go to, um, where'd you go to um, college? I went to Wellesley College in Wellesley, Massachusetts. Good it's like God. a... Hmm? Ooh. What? Ooh. Oh, you heard of it. That's where uh, uh, Hillary Clinton went. Oh, look at you. I'm going to give you a soul clap for knowing. Uh, I would think most people know that. You would think. But people say things like, oh, yeah, I know that school. Uh, my nephew played football there. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure <laughs> so he did. It's all women's school, right? Exactly. <laughs> People get Wesleyan and Wellesley mixed up. Oh, oh okay, okay, okay. Because um, I think Condoleezza Rice went there too, right? No, not Condoleezza. Susan Rice. Susan, okay, okay. So I know somebody went there. Yeah, Susan Rice. She was the former national security advisor. Um, Madeline Albright went there. Um, Diane Sawyer. Somebody was her roommate was Clinton's roommate, but I can't remember who. It was. Um, Grant Hill's mother, Janet. Hill. Okay, okay, okay. That's who it was. Okay, yeah. okay. Wow, you went to a damn. Yeah, so my college experience was very, you know, like all my friends went were students at MIT, Harvard. Um, that's where we would party. We, you know, I had I really enjoyed my my college experience. Wow, I'm just being around super duper smart people all the time and and really smart black people just like crazy smart like and black men you know at MIT who were into engineering and aeronautics and just geeks really like really smart dudes what made you decide on that school was uh I can't um so I, I didn't want to go there I wanted to go to Northwestern I got into Northwestern, um, but my mom didn't want me to go to Chicago. And so where I live in Pennsylvania is kind of like a small town. And at that point, once she didn't really want me to go to Northwestern, I was like, okay, well, fine. I don't care. I'll go anywhere as long as I can get out of this town. Is it away from here? I'll go. 
And so she kind of had this kind of admiration for Hillary Clinton. So when I got into Wellesley, she's like, I think you should go to Wellesley. So we went, we visited. I had a good time at like the visit. Um, and so I was like, okay, fine. They gave me good money. So I was like, fine. It's away from my town. I'll go. But she went to HBCU, you say, right? Mm-hmm. How come you didn't, was that ever an option? Or? I didn't apply to any HBCUs. <laughs> like my mom was like, eh, I think you're going to get more money if you apply to these schools over here. So, you know, I got into Northwestern. I got into University of Pennsylvania. I got into Wellesley. Um, and so my mom just, she didn't, she just, she, I don't want to say she steered me away from an HBCU, HCBU. Wait, I'm saying it wrong. Oh I'm God, listen, I got listen. it all. Hold on, hold on. That Let's out. stop. Hold on, hold you on. You gonna edit that out? Cause that yeah, sounded yeah. all kind of crazy. Nah, cause you too much. She did not steer so me listen. away Let's from H B C U. There you go. Um, you too smart to be making those. I know that sounded real. That's fake. They're like, you went to where? Don't let those four letters trip you up. Exactly. She didn't steer me away from it, but she wasn't like enthusiastically pushing me toward it either. She she was like, I want you to go to the best ranked school that you could get into. Basically. That's understandable. Yeah. That's understandable. Did you, did you, so you didn't even really want, did, did you want to go to one or? No. And, and, and I think it's partly because of the atmosphere. Like I went to one of those schools where, you know, I went to a prep school. So I was, trying to compete with my peers you know they weren't they were applying i was like you know the one of the only black girls in class um type of situation so they're applying to these top 10 top 20 schools i'm like well i could get into those schools too i'm gonna apply to the top 10 top 20 schools um so it was kind of i think that type of competition may be played into it as well um yeah so what was that like for you being like wonder like it wasn't being around like a most, you said you went to school with most of the white kids. So what was yeah. that like? Um, it, I was kind of used to it. I went to private school. I never been to public school for any preschool through law school. I, I always went to private school. So I was used to being the only, or one of two to three, you know, black people in class. And, you know, it, that was the same in law school. You would be in sections and you might have a hundred people in your section, 120 people in your section. And out of that section, maybe three would be black, no males. So it was normal for me. Did it ever make you uncomfortable? Sometimes some of those conversations can be uncomfortable, like in law school, you know, when it's time to talk about affirmative action. And then everybody, <laughs> all 20 people, all 120 people, well, what do you think? What is your it's like, ah, I'm not the voice of Black America, you know? So those kind of conversations can be, um, you know, uncomfortable, but I'm a pretty assertive, outspoken person, if you haven't noticed. So I can, I can take it. But, you know, sometimes it was like, oh, gosh. What constitution? Oh, today's Dred Scott. Guess I'm gonna be on the hot seat today. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was it like once you once you um once you passed the bar and everything? Um, once I passed the bar exam, um, which is like, she won't be doing that again. I can never. I won't move anywhere where my credentials are not recognized because I can't do it. Um. 
it, it was a lot, just the, the breadth of information that you have to study. And basically knowing that if you don't pass this test, nobody cares that you went to law school. If you don't pass this exam, you are not a lawyer. You are someone with a JD, period. You, you're, you're a glorified paralegal if you don't pass this exam. So like you spent all this money and you worked all this time you graduated from law school, but if you don't pass the bar exam, you can't practice law. So it's a lot of pressure, um, but I passed it on the first try, okay. the New York State bar exam. Um, and then after you pass the exam, there's what's in New York, what's called the character and fitness exam, where you have to you know, meet with the people and they have to make sure that you're a person of good character and that you, you're not gonna be someone out here jerking people for money, basically. Then you get admitted. So I got, by the time I finished the process, I got admitted in 2007. And my first um, legal job, I was an assistant district attorney in the Bronx. Um, and that was another, like, I don't want to say crazy experience, but when I look back on it, that was a crazy experience. But it was an experience that, like, gave me the best training ever um, for being a lawyer. What was that job again? I'm, I'm... I was an assistant district attorney. I was an ADA um, in the Bronx. So I was a prosecutor. Ah, Okay. You was locking up. Now nah, let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> well, listen, listen. Some me... people are not fit for public. I don't want to say consumption. Some people, some people out here, you don't want them out here. Nah, no, I'm, I I'm mean, just, for real, I'm for just real. Around with, but I'm yeah, around. but I was letting some people go too. I was dismissing some cases. I nah, was but, up but you know what? Seriously, on, on, a, on a serious note, <clears throat> is that is that kind of tough to, to know, like? Or you just like, look, already know you committed a crime, you deserve this time. So does that make it a little easier or? I mean, it's always easier when you have the facts and you like, why is your DNA here if you didn't do it? <laughs> why are you on this videotape crawling into this woman's window, but pleading not guilty? Like what, what part of the game is that? So those are always easier cases when you are sure that this person is guilty but it can be difficult sometimes when you see where it's kind of like a eh, a toss-up or where somebody did something and they're guilty but you can see from a cultural perspective like why they did what they did like oh. okay she beat this girl up and she did assault her but on the other hand this girl came to her house at three o'clock in the morning and rung her bell called her 10 bags of B-I-T-C-H's and call her, say, come down, I want to fight you. <laughs> she bought that ticket from where I'm from. You gonna come to somebody's house at three in the morning, banging on their door, telling them to come down because I want to fight you about something that happened last summer. You just need to take that L. But, yeah. you know, so those kind of cases were difficult when you're like, mm, I technically a crime, but really, I don't really feel sorry for the victim all that much. Right, right. Um, but yeah. Am I what's, shiny? What's been the most re What's been the most rewarding thing about your career? Um, I think what I'm doing now is rewarding. I'm a defense attorney now, so there you go. I'm I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm balancing out the scales. Um, I think it's rewarding when a lot of my clients are like young black men. Society would probably call them corner boys, allegedly. Mm -hmm. um, but like, it's rewarding to me when I can like write a motion that gets a case dismissed 
when I can really give my all to, to making an argument in court at a preliminary hearing that will allow me to write a motion later to get the case dismissed when I know that someone else may not do as good a job, someone else won't argue as passionately, someone else won't be as invested in them as I am. Um, that's rewarding when you know their mothers or their girlfriends or their wives are like, oh my gosh, nobody else would have did this for me or nobody else ever went to see him. Nobody else you know, would have done it for you know, this amount of money. You worked with us, you helped us. Like He never would have got out if it wasn't for you. That to me is very um, rewarding. And it's rewarding to me that um, they speak highly of me. I mean, they, you know, they tell their friends, yo, you need to hire, hire Nikki. She's a gat. Apparently that's, that's the word in the county. I'm a gat. I don't know what that <laughs> means, but okay, I'll take it. Um, so that's rewarding to me that they value my work and that they have confidence in me, um, to hire me. So yeah, that is for me, very rewarding. That's great. I'm glad to see you keeping us out of jail. I'm trying, but I'm gonna need some of y'all to help me. Help me help you, okay? Don't, if you allegedly engage in economic activity that's not sanctioned, why is your email address jdpushpacks94? <laughs> like, so we gotta go to the probation officer and when they ask for your email address, it's jdpushpacks94? Like, really, that's what we're doing? You can't just have jd at google at gmail.com? Like, help me help you bro change it up a little bit eh. we're gonna we're gonna get you out of here because with the with the glow code i want to close with the glow code all right what what are you most looking forward to seeing in the future from the glow code i'm looking forward to really growing and fostering a community of like-minded women um, whether they identify as christian or as hebrew or as whatever if you believe in the bible you believe in the word the glow code is for you um, I am really looking forward to growing that community and really having like exchanges and engaging in the community, maybe growing to the point where when Corona is over, we can actually have live events or conferences. Um, I, right now I am accepting, um, memberships into the membership community, the Glow Code Collective, which will be a private, which is a private membership community for, um, Bible believing women where we are going to be having, um, live conversations, um, with, women who are operating in excellence, whether it be in law, medicine, um, engineering. Cause that's the thing I wanna show that Bible believing women actually have real lives and real careers and real professions. We're not just in our Bible 365 days a year, just praying like, no, we're in court. We're conducting operations and operating rooms. Like we're architects. And I just feel like you don't see that. You don't see faith in action in real life much. And so that's what the Glow Code Collective is going to be. We're also having live webinars um, and live masterclasses with women um, to help with personal, professional, and spiritual development. Um, there's going to be a monthly digital like subscription box. So you'll get like a digital box every month with um, what I'm calling quality content that vibrates on the faith frequency. So you'll be getting classes, you'll be getting um, like short prayers and affirmations and just a box digitally every month with little faith focused things in there kind of to help you through your month. So I'm really excited about it. I want everybody, um, women to sign up. You can hit the link in my bio at underscore the glow, underscore the glow code um, to sign up. It is $39.99 a month, which is a steal considering the women that you're going to be exposed to and the masterclasses that people are charging 
you know, $150 for the class, but you'll get it for $39 um, at the Glow Code. So um, that's what I'm excited about. Okay. Well, I want to take this time to thank you for doing this. Um, I really appreciate you giving me your time and energy today. Oh, no problem. I'm glad we, I'm glad we waited a week. I feel like the energy is a lot better. I feel like we had a good conversation. Did you enjoy this? Was this fun for you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Am my internet working good? Good. No. <laughs> Tell your mama I said hi. I want to, I want to, um, you're going to have to hit me in the DMs and let me know how that conversation goes. Uh, hopefully there isn't one. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we don't have this conversation. I feel like it's coming. Probably so. <laughs> like I said, I do appreciate you doing this and you already gave your information for people to follow. Uh, but just repeat it again. Just, just okay. So um, you can just find me everywhere through my website, which is www.nikkipage.com. That's N-I-C-C-I-P-A-G-E. So www.nikkipage.com. And then on Instagram, it's at underscore the glow code. And I am also, I didn't mention a board certified coach. So if you're a woman out there and you're inspired by anything that I said today, even though other people might give you the side eye and feel like you might be a little off for having obedience aspirations. If you want some coaching, get at your girl, www.nikkipage.com so that I can support you in cultivating, practicing, and preserving a spiritually strategic lifestyle. I got you covered. Amen, sister. Amen. Amen. Oh, amen. <laughs> um, if those who want to follow me, my Instagram is conversations underscore with underscore Lent. Um, thank you, everyone who continues to support the podcast. I truly appreciate it. Y'all have a great day. Bye-bye.